For centuries, people all around the world, from Hindus to Vikings to Native Americans, have been united by their belief in another world deep beneath our feet. The ancient Greeks had their underworld. Christians have a fiery hell where sinners endure eternal torment in the afterlife. Even the scientist Edmund Halley posited a hollow earth theory in 1692 in an attempt to explain shifts in the earth's magnetic fields. And of course, in folklore, the magical subterranean realm is where fairies, hobgoblins and, in more recent times, UFOs possibly come from. Are the strange lights we see in the skies caused by visitors from a faraway planet? Or do they come from deep beneath the vast, inaccessible wastes of the Antarctic? Or are they Nazi survivors of their fallen Reich, who escaped to a pre-prepared underground lair, taking their superior propulsion technologies with them? Join us on Aliens Explored as we delve into the mysteries of the Hollow Earth. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Welcome, listeners, to Aliens Explored, a weekly podcast uh, where we discuss things otherworldly. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Stu Jackson. And I'm your other host, Neil Kelly. And this week, uh, we're talking about uh, (laughs) plot holes. It's the Hollow Earth Theory. (laughs) I've been thinking of all sorts of puns for this, Neil. Mm. Is that sad? Yes, so... The hollow earth theory. Well, it's, it, this goes back a long way, doesn't it? I mean, it even goes back to you know, the ancient Greeks believed in the underworld. We have our own Christian hell beneath our feet. Well, absolutely. So. Um, but before we really go into it, so actually, I just want to chat to you about something else before we go into it. So, 14 weeks we've been doing this now. Mm. Um, it's quite a long time. Now, when I first approached you about, about doing this podcast, um, mm. You were unfamiliar with the UFO culture, I think it's fair to say. Mm. Would you agree? I would say. I mean, Um, I had a a passing knowledge of it, but nothing, I'd never, yeah, nothing in depth. No, you weren't a geek like I am. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How do you feel now? I mean, is it giving you sleepless nights? Are you wondering what the hell's going on? Are you wondering why, why nobody's looking into this more? Um, Has it changed your your perspective? That's what I'm looking for on that question. Um, it, it it can be bewildering sometimes, and I, I often think of the the George Harrison quote. Um, 
the more I learn, the more I realise how little I know. Mm. Um, it's kind of that, it's kind of opening doors that you know. Oh my God! Here's another whole new, a whole new. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that dream when you when um, you suddenly notice a new door in your house and you you open it and there's a whole wing of the house that um, that you hadn't known about before. Yes, um, that, that kind of that that's, <laughs> and people living there and. Yeah. Well, it's been a long time since I've had a dream like that. I used to really enjoy them. <laughs> yeah, I kind of do. They're they're kind of unsettling, but they're yeah. But yeah, I do, I do get them quite a quite a bit. Mm. I wonder what the dream analysts would say about it. Probably best we stop that conversation. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's, it's something we're going to have to have to come back to, isn't it? That um, yeah, what happens in dreams? I mean, do your dreams have a have a, a familiar landscape that, that's not really real, but that you visit time and time again, and you kind of know your way around a bit, even though you're always getting lost there. That's definitely a thought, isn't it? Mm. Mm. So, um, so yeah, no, I just wanted to um, uh, to see really because it's something I've been aware and um, relatively familiar with for uh, for quite a long time. That yeah. Mm. Interesting. Um, so, onto the hollow earth theory then. Hmm. So this is the the theory that there is another world inside this one, um, and specifically uh, relevant to us, the idea that it is a UFO base of operations. Yes, yeah, so that, that's why we're talking about hollow earth, isn't it? Because there is this, this idea that um, it's a UFO base, or possibly... Um, I was surprised at how little I could find about this because I've, I've certainly heard it expressed before, the theory that um, a lot of the Nazis who obviously during the Second World War developed superior technology to um, to the Allied powers. They were the first with ballistic missiles and jet planes and and supposedly um, flying saucers. That The idea that they escaped to Antarctica where they, they lived beneath it and um, have developed all kinds of new technologies. So when we, when we, when we see a UFO, it's actually a superior technology Nazi craft overflying. Mm. That that idea. Well, it comes round again to the. Um, now, sorry, you keep correcting my pronunciation on this. Hunibu. Hunibau, yeah. Hunibau. Hmm. Um, Was it actually yeah. maybe Hunibu? It might be. Um, I've forgotten how it's. <laughs> that one anyway hmm. um <laughs> so um yeah that's so, hmm. but apparently Halnabu or Hunabu um was how the ancient Greeks referred to people from the north of Europe so the Nazis right. kind of the kind of ad- adopted that as you know the, uh, that's they, they were referring to us okay and, uh, Okay, and of course, if you go far enough north of Europe, you end up in Antarctica and hmm. the North Pole, which is yeah. what we're talking about. Which um, is because well, Antarctica, which is actually um, obviously South Pole, and and obviously the, the 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 major difference between South Pole and North Pole, apart from the amount of ice, is that the South Pole, Antarctica, is actually a continent. Whereas the Arctic or the North Pole is simply frozen sea. 
There's no, there's no land there. Right, right. Well, the North Pole is the one where the uh, they reckon there's an, an a portal mm. into this hollow earth, isn't it? That you get the videos of UFOs allegedly going in and out. Um, I thought it was well, I thought it was Antarctica, but there seem to be several of these um, all around the world, um, including one in England. Is it in Shropshire? Oh, I didn't know about that one. Well, an actual hole into mm. the earth in Shropshire, I mean, that would be fairly easy to investigate. It, it would, yeah. Shropshire's not a big place. In fact, there's nowhere, for our benefit of our American listeners, you probably know this, but um, England is a much smaller place than the United States. I think the, the CIA website um, describes the entire United Kingdom as about the size of Oregon and densely populated. We do not have any wide open spaces. There's nowhere where you can, there's no wilderness to speak of that you can wander off into. There's where, or where a, a Sasquatch could live. There just isn't the room for it. No, there might have been 500 years ago uh, when most of the UK was covered in woodlands. And indeed, mm. when you go back and you, you hear about things like Robin Hood, Mm. living in Sherwood Forest. Sherwood Forest covered about 50% of the UK at the mm. time. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's in context. Um, now it's a couple of square miles, I think. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, if you if you look at Sherwood Forest now, you think, well, how come the Sheriff of Nottingham couldn't yeah. hunt down a few bandits living in, in, in this copse? You know, <laughs> did, did he seriously lack manpower? Or only had enough manpower to send a few blokes in to be ambushed. It was hundreds of kilometres mm. um, back in the day. Um, and, of course, Robin Hood, probably not real. <laughs> probably not real, or probably, probably a, an amalgam of um, mm. of outlaw legends. Or, yes. You know, the kinds of tales that people tell in pubs that all get, um, all get amalgamated into, or conflated into, into one heroic, legendary character. Indeed. Indeed. Um, now, right at the beginning, Neil, you so bringing us back onto the mm. Hollow Earth theory. Um, you mentioned about the historical uh, references. Yeah, well, so the well, earliest. I'm, sorry. Oh yeah. No. No. Go on. No. So yeah, I suppose it's uh, well, the, it's it's belief systems really. That, that that's where it starts with the Greeks with their underworld and the Christians with Christian hell beneath our feet. That's. Um, um, well, absolutely, and you know, you, you've got to wonder where these references, these concepts, have come from. Um, now, the first, if you like, scientific reference to the Hollow Earth uh, that I could find goes back to the 18th century. Um, Edmund Halley of Halley's Comet fame, uh, the astronomer. Um, it's actually earlier than that, isn't it? It's the 1690s, I think. Oh, right. Is it 1690s when he, he, he suggested 60, that... 1692. Conjectures that the Earth might consist of a hollow shell about 800 kilometres or 500 miles thick. Right, and that that would explain certain unusual compass readings. What he believed was that there were, there were lots of... Um, inner, there were three inner concentric shells 
Mm. Um, so you've got a, a, a hollow, a bit like a Russian doll, a hollow sphere inside of another hollow sphere inside of another hollow sphere, and they're kind of rotating independently. It, it was it was his theory, or, or perhaps the conclusion that he arrived at, to explain um, anomalous compass readings, the fact that um, mm. magnetic north does shift. Um, it shifts a few degrees every year. Um, it's very, very early of him to, to notice that. Indeed. Um, and yes, this whole, like I said, like a Russian doll. So you've got mm. the cosmic lithosphere or mantle first. Yeah. Then the inner cosmic gravitational limit is the second space. And then mm. the third one is 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 this one where you've got actual living creatures roaming about the, um, uh, I think he called it the inverse interior world or Tartarus. Right. Um, and they, it, it again has been referred to as like Hades. Mm. Oh, this could potentially be, be hell. Um, and he postulated that an anvil falling from earth nine nights and days would reach Tartarus on the tenth day, falling. That's that's a hell of a long time. That's you mean if if, it, if you dropped it down a massive hole from the Ooh. surface? That's how long. Well, it's it's is it um, six four thousand miles to the centre of the Earth? Is it four thousand miles? Four thousand wow. miles. So wow. that's uh, that's quite a thing. Um, You've got uh, another historical one because a lot of people, Nazis again, as, mm. as you've mentioned, are associated with this quite heavily. But going back to 1811, there was an explorer named uh, Olaf Janssen who claimed to have lived. Uh, he, he'd accidentally gone into this portal, claimed to have lived there for two years with 12 foot tall superhumans. Mm. Back in 1811. Back in 1811. <laughs> Which is quite a... a That's quite a claim. Um, never, been, never been independently verified. Would be a bit hard to, I, I would imagine. And, and, um, and was he actually missing for two years? Did he go into this cave for two years? Or, or did he claim that where he was, two years had elapsed? Even though it might have uh, only seemed like ten minutes to people who stayed on the people waiting from outside. Oh, time dilation effect. Um, mm. We like a good time dilation effect. Uh, not that I'm aware of. I, I think he just he went for two. But he was an explorer, so being gone for a couple of years mm. wouldn't have been unusual for him. Right. He was also a fisherman, but you know. This, this <laughs> just remind, this might be a, a random. Um, <laughs> diversion. Um, I remember reading a comic, and I'd be really grateful to any of our any of our listeners who could tell me what it was called. And it was about this boy who found this doorway in his bedroom. It was it was behind a, a chest of drawers, but there was this little doorway about about two foot high. And um, his dad would go in there and shut the door behind him, and he'd come back about three months later with his clothes all in rags dragging a massive haul of treasure that he'd he'd somehow scared and because he wouldn't talk about where he'd been i'd love to i'd love to be reminded what that comic was 
Wow, that sounds equally interesting and creepy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what was a relationship you have with your dad? Does, I, did, I did wonder where like you were going with yeah. her. You know, yeah, his dad came into his room and, and went through yeah. this little door <laughs> behind the cupboard. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah, oh. uh, yes, if you know of that one, listeners, then do put poor Neil out of his misery on that. <laughs> please, please do, yes. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm very interested in the guy who came shortly afterwards named Cyrus Reed Teed. Um, oh, not familiar with him. Oh, right. He was an American physician whose um, who's own brand of medicine combined uh, alchemy with zaps of electricity and, and doses of magnetism. And um, he, one day he electrocuted himself so badly that he, he passed out. And then when he came to, he, he realised that he was the living incarnation of Jesus Christ. But not only that, do. he decided that the Earth is actually an, in, an inverted sphere. That we live not on the outside of the planet, but on the inside. And then when we're looking up, what we think, into the sky, we're actually looking, um, we're actually looking towards the centre of the Earth, where there is this fireball, this this source of light. That's where the the heavens are. Um, how do you explain night time then? Because yeah, we're living in perpetual daylight. Well, and how do you explain horizons? Um, how you do know, you explain most of science? How do you explain most of science? <laughs> but he's, he um, he he started a cult called Coruscanity in Florida to convince the world of his geologic discovery. Um. Okay, um, I'm. I, I, you know, I like to keep an open mind. Um, I think it's fair to say that you know I'm. I'm definitely a believer. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to say that sounds like um, bull. Crap. Well, yes, he, he formed this <laughs> cult called the Karashanites, and they invented this machine. That they they lived on a sounded nice. They lived on a, a beach commune in Florida, um, and uh, they he created created this this device called the rectilineator um, that sounds painful which would scientifically yeah i don't, don't think they actually says into anyone's <laughs> rectum but um it would scientifically measure that the earth is in fact concave rather than convex and of course they they deemed it a, 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 a fantastic success by, by, their, own, a... by, their, by their own um way of measuring it well, if you were to take it to a crater, it would show a convex, uh, sorry, concave measurement. It would. Surely. Yeah. But mm. if, you're, if you're standing on the surface, I mean, if you're standing on the beach in Florida looking out to sea, why can you only see so far? And why is it that if you go up somewhere high, climb a big tree or a tower, you can see slightly further? And that when a ship comes over the horizon, it's like it's rising up out of the water. You see the mast first, and then it, it because it comes up over the. You know, why, why can't you see all the way to? What's Florida aligned with? It's aligned with Africa, isn't it? So why, why can't you see all the way to the Canary Islands? Well, I'm yeah, I'm I'm going to ascribe that one to kind of like just another version of the flat earther sort of views. And yes. it, you know, if if any of our listeners are. Um, flat Earth believers, I'm, I'm going to tell you now, it's no. This <laughs> show isn't for you. <laughs> no, the show's for everyone, yeah. I like to think, but, but you know, no. Uh, absolutely do not subscribe to um, 
nonsense like that. But, but I mean, we're interested in Holloway because of the, the, the UFO theory, perhaps the, the, the advanced Nazis theories, because the Nazis believed, we, we know that they believed that the Earth was hollow. And these days it tends to be Nazis who believe that the Earth is flat. Um, you get talking to any flat earther and um, it's not long before you're talking about whether the, the Nazi concentration camps really happened. You know, they're, oh, they're, they're, there's a, if you draw a Venn diagram, there's a very, very uh, right. big overlap between those two um, belief systems. Mm, good um, Because it, yeah. I suppose it's a, it's a, the flat earth belief is a, is, it's just a, a kind of belief that says, well, we don't believe anything. It's almost like a badge to say, you know, nothing, nothing is true. Nothing we're told is true. We're lied to all the time. Um, mm. However, we've, we've developed our own theories, which are, are difficult to believe. Indeed. Um, and having beliefs in, and believing in things without requiring proof, that's fair enough. But when you've got, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a person who does that an awful lot, particularly around this subject. You know, I, mm. I believe a lot of things that are not proven. However, if science comes along and says, well, it's absolutely not the case, you know, and here is the evidence, mm. then I would stop believing that thing. You know, I because you do, because, you, you know, belief shouldn't be a binary you either do or you don't you know it, it should be evolving and you should be developing mm. as new science and new things come to the fray and you have to change your opinions as the as more scientific evidence becomes or not not just in the field of science in in any any um any um sphere of of knowledge anything that you might previously believe, if you're suddenly presented with new information that doesn't quite fit that, then you have to adjust what you believe. And belief just fills the gap where you just don't know. It's just speculation, isn't it? It's, um, Absolutely. Um, um, that's, that's why, you know, you can't say, well, I know that there is a God, um, because well, where does belief come in then? If you yeah. know it for sure, then there's no, there's no faith involved, is there? There's no... There's no belief system. Now, we're talking about these people who come up with these, these themes about how the earth is hollow, that mm. there's actually a, an, an inner world or a series of concentric rotating spheres. Spheres or, of or, knowledge. Yeah, or, yeah. or, or, or yeah, spheres of knowledge. <laughs> or, or even just, just a vast warren of caves going very, very deep, but somehow down there, there is sustainable life. There's some sort of sunlight something or something that's substitute for sunlight. You know, that, um, as it uh, journey to the um, HG Wells journey to the centre of the Earth, yeah, would be very boring if they were just down in a dark cave, mm. wandering around. Yeah, they travel a huge distance, so they go down in England and come up in Iceland or something like that. Or yeah, uh, they they yeah they travel a long way. Something and they, like that. And they yeah. encounter dinosaurs and and things like this. But um, it's only very recently that the actual structure of our planet has been scientifically understood. I think it was in the nineteen twenties. When it was first, um, when a scientist first put forward that the Earth was actually a solid crust encasing uh, a, 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 a liquid or, or molten centre, and then you've got the different, but given all the, the different layers of, it, of things, yeah, that, that that's it's a very and and I think the the idea of tecto shifting tectonic plates, that I don't think that was known about until the nineteen sixties or even later. 
this is all quite so you can see why people 100 years previously could come up with all sorts of it's but it's a belief system filling a void where there's no knowledge well that's it but but then these modern ideas they, they are just theories because they are as yet unproven i mean there are no drill bits that can go all the way to the center of a planet um i saw something just now about the the deepest hole on the planet someone's there's a borehole that someone that someone drilled um and it's the, it's the biggest hole in the but it, it's it's only about 7 miles deep yeah straight down right. well as That's, i said as we know it's 4000 miles to the center of the earth it's so. not even through the crust is it 7 miles or it might be barely through the crust yeah but um it's, it's certainly not very far down at all. Um, so, yeah, the idea that it's it's hollow is still a possibility in that respect. Um, and, and I'll be honest, before we started, um, before we said we were going to talk about this, um, I had always felt that the hollow earth thing was a bit of a fringe hmm. Theory. I'd never really given it much credence or much um, thought, mainly because, oh yeah, it's a Nazi base, and you know, I, mm. can, I do tend to switch off a little bit <laughs> when that gets that sort of thing gets mentioned. Um, but but looking into this, this has actually got me quite intrigued. One of the things, however, I found really interesting that there is a an organisation called Hollow Earth. Mm. Um, and they are a sort of quasi-scientific organisation. They, they do try and do proper research into this. They've had, um, in recent history, so 2006 and 2014, they were going to have expeditions to find these access points. Mm either in Antarctica or Arctica, I, I'm not Antarctica, sure which. But I know the Nazis sent an expedition to the Antarctic in 1938. Right, but but on two occasions this this group were going to do this and they got the funds together, they got the volunteers together and everything. And in both cases, there were a series of disasters that befell them that prevented it from happening. Hmm. Now, I've got to wonder, is that just really unfortunate or is somebody keeping them, or or is it hapless, is it incompetence? Um, I don't think it's that kind of disaster, I think it was more, you know, unforeseen stuff. But could it have been basically sabotage? Could have been people wanting to keep them from the truth. Um, it's an interesting idea. There's a whole series of whole series of accidents, um, but I suppose. I mean, we're talking about two different things here. We're, t- we're talking about the possibility of a vast underground labyrinth beneath mm-hmm. the Antarctic, a, a, you know, a, a continent that probably was once habitable before it shifted down to the down to the bottom of the globe and and just became covered in a in an ice sheet um people living beneath that probably not that deep not miles underground well possibly hundreds of feet underground they could have you know 
as as the as the continent drifted, and the the, the weather started getting worse and worse, they, they they dug their their underground labyrinths deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, but you would imagine they would remain fairly primitive people, wouldn't you? And, and they would um, they would they would have starved to death probably. Um, but uh, there there are there are cultures all over the world in Hindu mythology, Mexican folklore, Ger Middle Age German, Russia, Italian, Dante of course with his Inferno, Native American mythology, it's Brazilian mythology that is it's it's all over the world. Um, but of course there, there's good scientific evidence as to why why the earth can't be can't be hollow. Um, well, what we do know is that there are large pockets of within the crust itself. There are large pockets of emptiness. Mm. Now, there's probably gas in there, or you know, but there's it, it's not matter. So, yeah, the idea that there's spaces. No, I can, I can, I can see it. I, mean, I can see it. There was a question on on QI, a, a whimsical quiz show over here in England, hosted by I think Stephen Fry at the time. Um, do you know what shape a raindrop is? Uh, isn't it pear shaped? No, it's a perfect sphere. That uh, oh, right. liquid, liquid falling through space will will form into a perfect sphere. Um, that's how ball bearings are made. They're, it's called drop forging. They drop this molten material down a massive shaft, cooling it as it goes. And when it hits the bottom, it's a perfectly round, and presumably they've got the, the measurements right, perfectly sized ball bearing. And that's how planets really? are formed. That basically it's matter coming together as it as it tumbles through space. Um, but it's natural. Say, as it falls down a shaft. Yeah, as it falls down a shaft. Yeah, I mean, we are we are effectively falling, aren't we? All the t constantly. That's 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 our constant state. Um, a, a spacecraft in in orbit is just falling all the time. It's just ma maintaining enough enough um, motion so that it constantly misses the Earth. It falls past it, so it just keeps oh. falling past. That's effectively that's how you stay in orbit. Um, so. It's good to it, hear my acting career is on a natural trajectory. Yes, he is. It's constant, <laughs> constant falling. That's, uh, that's, that's, just, that's the just, way it goes. I just so, listeners. So, um, I mean, two two arguments against the possibility of it being significantly hollow are one that um, is gravity. Well, they're both to do with gravity. One of them is that if the Earth was hollow, it wouldn't attract such a enough of a magnetic fit of enough of a gravitational force to keep us on the ground. It would be too too insignificant an object, too light. Um, okay. Um, it says the average density of the planet Earth is five point five one five grams per cubic centimeter, and uh, densities of surface rocks are only half that, about two point seven five grams per cubic centimeter. If any significant portion of the Earth were hollow, the average density would be much lower than that of surface rocks. The only way for Earth to have the force of gravity that it does is for much more dense material to make up a large part of the interior. So okay. that would be the liquid nickel iron core in a molten state. And also um, another another gravitational reason is that if it was hollow, if it was just a hollow crust, um, it would collapse. 
into something more solid. Unless it was constructed. Ah, oh, right, now, <laughs> now here we go. <laughs> Hang on to your hats, everyone. <laughs> no, no, I'm not I'm not going down that rabbit hole, but it's like you know, a death star. It, it's an help there thing. Um, you know, is it a, a small version of a Dyson sphere? Um which is a, a theory postulated that if you could build a sphere around a sun large enough, then you could basically live on the interior of it like you would a planet. So it would be a lot bigger and you'd have unlimited source of energy. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's... Uh, Let's let's mm. summarise right there before I get myself into bother. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's that, that story? If if God had wanted us to have renewable energy, he would have put a big nuclear reactor up there in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> It'd have made it windy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So, um, yeah, Hollow Worth theory then, Neil. So let's summarise. Where do you where do you sit with it? Um, I, I think it's. Yeah, I, I I don't believe the Earth is hollow. Um, I, I don't believe the Nazis escaped to the Antarctic and and then uh, uh, living there with superior technology, living under the under the surface of the ice cap. Um, I can understand how. I, I was surprised to learn how recently the structure of our planet was was understood, um, especially with regard to tectonic plates and and um, continental drift. That's how recently that was. That was. Um, discovered um so i can see yes it's all these mythologies about about people living underground i don't i suppose that, that you know if you if you if people are seeing supernatural beings um if they're talking about fairies or, or whatever that they don't come from another dimension another reality they've they've come they've popped up from under the ground that's where the fairies live mm. and, and, and the pixies um so yes i'd you know, I, I think um, I, I'm, I'm going to stay with the science on this and say yes. I can see why people might have believed it, but um, no, we, it's not something we should continue to believe any more than the Earth is flat. Which apparently no one ever really believed. That even fairly ancient people had worked out that oh, the yes. Earth was curved. Oh, that's how long, they navigated. Long, long the, the Earth was yeah. the Earth yeah. was round. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, so I'm. I'm Similar to you to a point, um, I think, yeah, let, let's rule out the Nazis, Nazi-based thing. Um, Although I thought that's why we were going to talk about it. There's the exp explanation for, for UFOs as having come from a, a Nazi base under the well, Antarctic ice cap. Here's the thing. We talk about it being substantially you know, hollow, hmm. but there's substantial from a planetary perspective. And I agree. I think the science is highly unlikely that that's feasible but they're substantial from a human perspective which is much 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 smaller and i think that that is reasonable i, d I don't think yeah center of the earth you know yeah she was level i don't think that's what really what what we're talking about here but the idea that there are large basically underground caverns underground spaces Absolutely, I can accept that. And yes, I think if if these otherworldly visitors, these UFOs, are going to have a base, then certainly somewhere 
in an inaccessible place where they can come in and out and hide at leisure, I think that's the way to do it. Um, I think there is some some credence to it, and there is enough, certainly anecdotal evidence, uh, mm. to support the theory of that. Um, but what do you think, listeners? As ever, we want to know your thoughts, your theories, your beliefs on this subject. Uh, so do messages. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook or by visiting us at aliensexplored.com. And the other thing we want to hear from you, um, this is episode 14 now. Uh, we've been doing this a while. We want to hear what subjects on otherworldly visitation do you want us to talk about? Do let us know. Um, don't forget to join us next time, though, where we will be discussing a certain Sergeant Russell Yoakum and Lucky 13 and an actual audio recording of a UFO. Very exciting. Smoking gun right there, Neil. <laughs> okay. Are you excited? I'll get on it. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. excited. Uh, but in the meantime, stay safe, keep watching those skies, and maybe take a look beneath your feet every now and then. Look down that rabbit hole. Have a poke stick. <laughs> Take care. Bye for now. Bye bye. Aliens Explored is a Fiegel Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit aliensexplored.com.